everybody. Welcome back to The Dive, where we explore the nitty-gritty of creativity here in South Carolina. I'm your host, G.P. McClear, Executive Director of the South Carolina Arts Alliance. Today we're talking with Moody Black. He's a poet based up here in Greenville, South Carolina. He also is the host of Slam Poetry Night at Coffee Underground in downtown Greenville. And that's been going on now every week for about 17 years now. We sat down with Moody to talk about poetry in, in South Carolina, in the nation, and, and in your own backyard, as well as uh, education and poetry. I just had a lot of fun talking to, talking to Moody. He's got a great story, uh, and he's one of uh, my favorite people in the state. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoy. Sit back and relax. Moody Black, I am a traveling poet, spoken word artist, um, photographer, visual artist, <laughs> comedian, smart arts teaching artist, a I'm a sock model, beard model, <laughs> I cut your grass good, you know, I do all those things, man, multifaceted, but uh, yeah, mostly uh, the poetry mm -hmm. is what pay the bills, but I'm branching out, especially with the comedy. Okay, yeah. yeah. yeah I think... One word that I would say uh, that we've had other guests on this podcast relate to is you are all of those things. And ultimately, you are, in my mind, like a just a creative. Right. And however right. you can express your creativity is sort I'm of an artist. Where, where you I'm, find your way. I'm, I'm an all-around artist. Yeah. I've been called a renaissance man. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll second it. <laughs> uh, so today we're going to kind of focus on poetry uh, and your experience with it, how you got to where you are, uh, what you do with your poetry currently, uh, and then also just about what you think poetry does for people and what it could do or should do and how it can be used in our community to make us stronger and better, whatever whatever you think is appropriate. Uh, so I guess we'll start with the, with the beginning. Okay. Uh, how did you get into, how did you get into poetry? My love telling this story, I just recently told, well, I tell all the kids I work with my story so mm -hmm. they can relate. But my mom is very instrumental with my love of poetry or art as a whole. But she would work her nine to five and take evening courses to get a college degree. And she would bring books home, mm. literature books, and make my sister and I read them. <laughs> and I hated them. As a preteen, I hated, yeah. oh, my gosh, you know, this is like school at home. But it wasn't until I found this book on my mom's bookshelf called This Time Called Life by Walter Rinder. Mm -hmm. And it was during the hippie era. Yeah. And the poems were just about being free and young uh, and had nice, soft images of young people being young and do what young people do. Mm -hmm. And that spoke to me. And, and I started reading and I started relating I'm like, this is me. You know, I want to be young and free, <laughs> especially the free part. Every yeah. young person want to be free. But the language in it just spoke to me in a way that influenced me to write. Mm, okay. Even though my mom was trying to get us to do that already. Yeah. But reading that book, it made me connect. And I had to go back and just appreciate all the stuff my mom, yeah. you know, all the poets she introduced us to. The, so did you sort of find your way to poetry? You read, yes, uh, poetry. But I guess you did you fall in love with the writing? Uh, the, right the, after uh, I may be screwing it up and if that's the case no 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 you're good you're good I, the, everything the, the writing the, the language 
Uh, so I thought it was interesting that you said you found this book and you read it and then you started writing. So right. It just like propelled you mm -hmm. to like, I want to create these images for myself exactly. or other people. Eventually. Well, it, it started out with just myself right. at first, but as I matured, I realized and learned as a poet, not only do you have responsibility to yourself, but you have a responsibility to help heal others or paint that picture for others to, to appreciate it, mm -hmm. you know, and, and they can take it and take it whatever role they want to go. But it's, I just think we have responsibility as artists. Mm -hmm. You know, I know I know artists, we're, we're all just self-consuming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is all about us. But at the end of the day, there's people looking and, and listening and they're going to get something from it. It's going to drive them to do something or take action. Yeah. And not only in their own lives, but maybe in the lives of others. Mm -hmm. That's why I gained from it. But just reading that book started it. I had to go back and really appreciate Langston Hughes and Nikki Giovanni yeah. and all those greats from the Renaissance. And um, yeah, this is my mom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, when did you, what was the first time you uh, read one of your poems? In class, yeah. we, you know, of course, uh, in English class, we have our poetry segment, and we had yeah. to write poems. And uh, I was like, oh, I could do this. Yeah. I've been practicing at home. <laughs> and teacher fell in love with it, made me read out loud, mm. which is the big problem, though, <laughs> when, and especially during that time. And it still kind of traces of people not really appreciating poetry or especially as a male, especially as a young black male, mm -hmm. you are doing poetry, man. That's weak. That's soft. What are you doing? Uh, and I got bad. ridiculed. Oh, man, the ridicule was thick. Uh -huh. And I always tell the story to kids. I would get picked on and teased about reading. And I didn't, I didn't, it didn't bother me because I'm like, you know, I, I fell in love with it. Yeah. So forget what you guys say. Yeah. But when I got to high school, those same dudes, those jocks and whoever else was teasing me would pull me to the side. Hey, man, uh, you think you can write a poem for my girl, man? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I'll do that for you. $10. $10. Yeah, your girl like my poems. <laughs> they put their name on it, but it's my yeah, stuff. That's, so poetry was yeah, poetry's right. like a way into, into your mind and later into your heart, and then for right. you, you found a way to make it into your wallet. Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, because, you know, I didn't want to be bitter about yeah. it. You know, I was mad. Y'all yeah. come to me now. <laughs> y'all tease me, but I'm okay. Yeah. Ooh. I'm going to go ahead and not just be mad. Mm -hmm. Let me see how, I, what, what can I gain from this? Right, exactly. You know, yeah. not only do y'all appreciate it, y'all only a weird way, but nah, you're going to pay for this art. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, and then how did, what happened after after high school, after you, after that or with well, your poetry. I me immediately, uh, I mean, if during that time I would still share and I would enter writing contests or, or any poetry contests that was going on at school. Mm. Um, then some of my work got published early in some of these okay. uh, college, like uh, Sparmer Methodist College, I attended there, and the USC Sparmer, which is upstate now, yeah. they, they have the Writers Inc. at USC Upstate. Uh -huh. And I forgot the publication at SMC, but they would take submissions. Uh -huh. So I would always submit stuff and it'll get chosen, uh -huh. you know. So that was really, really cool. But I started trying to find open mics. Okay. And I would do local stuff. And I just kind of ventured out mm -hmm. even more. Were open mics the lowest hanging fruit or lowest barrier of entry to the poetry world at that time? Or like what, what was significant about open mics? Uh, at that time. Because you get to, to feel what people are saying. There's always 
contests and, and poetry things you can submit stuff to and anthologies. That's always popular. Everybody's always trying to get a, something in, a, in an, mm-hmm. an anthology. But to go to an open mic and you get to see that poet read or perform their poem, it's a different kind of energy, man. It's moving. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I want to be a part of that. Yeah, you yeah. know, and I, and I start getting to the whole world of poetry slam. Yeah, that's a whole nother beast. <laughs> well, I guess uh, we can sort of talk about the poetry slam world because you have been in it in Greenville for. I mean, <laughs> you're, you're like the de facto person in my brain. Really, <laughs> <laughs> of of the of a the poetry kind of market, but especially the slams. Um, how did you? I guess talk about how your this, your your history with poetry slams and how you got to where you are now with those. I mean, you host every week. Is the, right. I'm getting at uh, with, at Coffee Underground. That's correct. Your slam contests, uh, which I've been to and I love them. Um, how did you? How did that come about? Well, around 1998, uh, I was reading the Creative Loafing, which does not exist here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> But I was just trying to get my hands with any kind of advertisement for open mics or yeah. I heard this thing called Slam. Now, I wasn't really familiar with it, but I knew you're competing with your poetry. Mm-hmm. And my very first Slam was at Coffee Underground. Mm. Yeah, I think around, matter of fact, to the back, not 98, 2002, early 2000s, because Coffee Underground, I think, just opened up yeah. around the early 2000s. Yeah. And um, got my first Slam. And I had a one. I had one poem memorized. <laughs> one poem. It's very political. Yeah. And I performed it, and and I got the highest score of that round. But I didn't understand the 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 how, how it worked. Yeah. And I thought I was done. I thought, <laughs> oh, well, I got a high score. I won. And they was like, okay, here's the order for the second round. I'm like, second round. Oh my gosh. And and, on the, and always the highest score goes first. I had yeah. to go first. I'm flipping through my notebook. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> and I read a poem. It wasn't that great. Uh-huh. So I didn't win, but I watched, and I was yeah. like, okay. I'm like, hmm. Mm-hmm. And a um, couple of years later, they, I heard they had a poetry slam team that mm-hmm. competed nationally and regionally, and I tried out. I made the team. Gotcha. Yeah, and uh, shout out to Miss Kimberly Sims at the time, but she's Kimberly Sims Gibbs now, uh, who's actually so, so ironic that we've been doing this for a long time. She's now over the Smart Arts program right. at the Metropolitan Arts Council yeah, in Greenville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she, she was my first slam coach. Oh, okay. Took me under her wing. Yeah. yeah. And eventually she kind of turned it, well, not kind of, she turned it over to me yeah. to coach the team. Yeah. And still under her guidance for a while, but yeah, I'm very, I'm very thankful for her yeah. to, to allow me the opportunity to grow and teach me a whole new world of poetry. <laughs> yeah. Just the performance thing. What's the difference as a as a poet reading your poetry in front of crowds between an, a general open mic and a slam? Well, it, you have to really be more theatrical mm-hmm. with slam. And see, I was a theater major in school. Okay. And uh, unfortunately, I, I didn't finish. That's whole <laughs> other story. Yeah. Having family and so forth, but. When I start watching it, I'm like, wait a minute. They're just performing yeah. what they wrote. I, you know, I, not mm-hmm. only do I write, but I do, I do acting. Yeah. Okay, let me add out my poem. Right. Became a one-man show, a one-woman show. Mm-hmm. I'm doing a soliloquy from mm-hmm. everybody. You know, that's how I approached it. Yeah. So I just started doing that. And that's the difference. You really have to act more. Okay. Or really just 
wherever you were when you wrote your poem, you had to take people there. Uh, okay. That's a, that's the easiest way to explain it. You have to take people where you were when you wrote your poem. Yeah, that's a good way. And, and yeah, and they have to see that. They have to feel that. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so, how? Talk about your slams now. Uh, just give us the pitch for the slams on that, that happen every Sunday. What's what's it all about? Exhilarating. <laughs> if that's what you want a word, yeah. exhilarating. But yes, yeah, different people from all over. Sometimes not just the upstate, from all over, that comes and we have a slam once a month, and they're they're just pouring their soul on stage, mm-hmm. man. It's just. I mean, you can leave there belly aching from laughing, or your face could be just as wet as Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, yeah you know. <laughs> It'll turn. I've, I've had, I've been to a few, and that has happened between one poem to the next. Yes, heart wrenching. And then I'm, I'm getting teary eyed, and it's just moving. Yes. It's really moving. Uh, so uh, people compete. You have, I was, you asked me to be a judge at one point, and I did yeah. that. That was a lot of that fun. That was cool. I appreciate that. Yeah, that was a lot of fun to help uh, help uh, get your team solidified. Um, how you're, you've led it, you've led your teams to regions and nationals. Uh, yeah. Talk about that, that success. Well, the cool thing is that Kim and I, and Kim planted the seed of, really keeping Poetry Slam alive in upstate. Mm-hmm. And we're working on our 17th year in September. Wow. <laughs> and just, But you see so many poets come through, and you cultivate so many poets. Mm-hmm. And once they feel like they achieve a certain level of success, they, they try out for the team. Mm-hmm. And what we have it set up now, you have to slam in our slam each month to earn points. Okay. So the top 12 highest points, they're the ones to get to audition oh, to be on the slam, slam yeah. team, per se. Yeah. Yeah, and then we take the top four poets, and I coach them. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, this past three years, we've done well. I actually took a break for two years, mm-hmm. uh, personal stuff and family. When I came back, I came back with a vengeance. Like, you know what? I'm tired of us being the red-headed stepchildren of this poetry slam scene. Because <laughs> when we go back then, we went, you know, other than that, let me go back, I think, in 98, though, Greek uh, Kim, because Kim was on that team, Glenn's Redman, all those. I call them the OGs and Vera. Mm-hmm. They won Southern Fry. They won the regional competition in '98. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, and the Southern, the regionals go to different Southern states each year. Okay. You had to bid for your city. But anyway, but from that point on, we never had winning teams. Mm-hmm. We was like, there's been a drought since uh. like 2016 when we started back winning. Mm. We did fairly well our first, my first year back. And usually when there's slam competitions with the teams, you may see four or five people on stage one time performing one poem with oh. group pieces. Yeah. But my first year back, you know, because you have up to five members, we didn't have one group piece and we made final stage. Oh. We didn't win. So it's like regionals with 32 teams of mm-hmm. poets and you compete every night. Then the final night, Saturday, the top four scoring teams, they compete on the final stage. And we did it my first year back, 2016. Southern Fry was in Greensboro. We came in fourth place. We didn't win, but we, we were proud of that. Mm-hmm. So 2017, Louisville, I added one new person. Well, one new person made the team. And uh, we made it all the way to second place. We tied for oh, second. Wow. Yeah, in Louisville. And we went to uh, uh, Nationals 2016 in Decatur. We came in 10th place out of 72 teams. Mm. Then in Denver, 2017, 10th place. And last year, it was in Chicago. 
and uh, we came 10th place regionally, but we came in fifth place nationally oh, wow. out of 80 teams. Wow. Yeah, so we so we were proud of this accomplishment yeah. because we didn't we didn't have it for several years, mm-hmm. over a decade. We were like. Oh, that's Moody and those guys, whatever. Ha <laughs> ha. They're good people. They're nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, you can always go down to Carver Underground and have a good time with them. Yeah. And we don't take them serious, but uh, something back. Yeah. Yeah. We we Put for real. on the map. Yeah. Not just Greenville, but the state. The state. Yeah. What is what is the what's the market like in South Carolina? What are there other pockets of? Oh yeah, man. Or where, of course, where are some of the largest I, ones I'm originally from Spartanburg. My, me and my best friend both do poetry. Yeah. Uh, my man Johnny C. He hosts in Spartanburg every week. It's a Thursday night venue there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got folk in Charlotte, my, not Charlotte, Charleston, excuse me, that hosts poetry there. You know, shout out my man Wade Theta, Bria, Georgia Nuba. A lot of great poets down there, and there's yeah. so many. Uh, and don't don't hate me, y'all. Don't blame <laughs> don't blame my my, my heart. To blame my mind. I, I got a friend who has done the open mics in Charleston every now and then. Yeah. She started writing about three or four years ago and started going to open mics. And because she's been, she's a good friend of mine. She had journaled forever, and tr- it slowly morphed into her doing, kind of concentrating it into poems. And she does, she still does them every now and then. Yeah, she man. Loves it. Charleston's rich, rich with poetry. There's so many venues down there. Columbia got a great scene. Mm-hmm. Shout out my man Bugsy. Uh, Sildag. So it's like you got like five or six people doing a lot in those big oh, okay. cities in South Carolina. Okay. And there's smaller cities doing some yeah. things, but those are like the major networks. Okay. You know, especially when people come through trying to, you know, travel like I do, they mm-hmm. hit me up. What's in South Carolina? Well, here's my spot. Go Sparnberg, yeah. Charleston, Columbia, yeah. you know. Any direction you want to go. Yeah. So you also, beyond the, the slams, you now, you now take your work on the road around town to schools right right with smart arts which is for those who don't know are the metropolitan arts council uh here in greenville takes resident artists puts them in schools or does workshops with schools so that's kind of in some basic summary right. and you're on that team now right uh, of artists that go in talk about that work well how did you land on that first and then we'll talk about why you love doing it okay well just three years or three and a half years ago just i had some life changes and i woke up one morning and i was like you know what i've been doing this for a long time but i never did it seriously Mm. and i know so many poets i formed so many relationships across the nation with people and poets who who host venues and i was like you know what i'm just going to take this leap of faith i'm just going to start booking me shows Mm -hmm. and travel and perform and then just keep grinding that way to establish more relationships and get more contacts and travel more. Then after that, okay, the next level is how do I get to schools and corporations? Because, mm. you know, much I love traveling, I don't want to be 60 on the road. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Driving city to city to do a poem. Right. So I, each year I, I, I want to go to another level. So I'd start doing that. My first year, I just hit the road. Second year, all right, I'm getting to schools. And that's why I... Um, I met Gayla Day, who at the time was over the Smart Arts program, mm. and just some of the artists I knew, not just poets, but visual artists as well, they were in this program, and uh, and Kim was one of the artists. Mm. She said, you know, we got this thing called Smart Arts, you ought to try it out. So I went, did uh, some training, mm-hmm. and started getting plugged into schools. It was a slow process, because you know, I'm the new person in, yeah. you know, but uh, now my third year, it's very rewarding. I, I formed relationships with teachers, and created a buzz and now 
you know, I get booked. I get yeah. contracted to go to different schools yeah. through that program. Now, I do it on my own as well. I, I contact schools. I'm yeah. knocking on doors. Hey, I offer this service. Right. You know, book me here. Yeah. You know, and we negotiate, what have you. So, so I try to burn the candle on both ends in that regard. But it's very rewarding to have these young people excited about writing poetry. That's my job. I want to make it exciting. Mm-hmm. I want them to feel like I felt when I first read that book. Yeah. You know, because now, especially now, it hasn't really changed where people think poetry is boring, especially young guys, especially young black males. Mm-hmm. We just kind of like, die. that ain't cool. We ain't, if it ain't hip hop or it ain't playing ball, whatever, that ain't cool because mm-hmm. we got a stigma of what we think is cool. Yeah. You know, and I'm from the hood, so I get it. Yeah. You know, that's the images we had. I was just telling the kids today that I wish I would have stayed with baseball. Mm. I know this sounds totally off subject, but uh, I was good. Fitness is great. I was good. I made all stars. But in my community, baseball wasn't popping. It isn't, you know, basketball, football. Yeah. So I stopped playing. And I'm like, man, I wish I would have stayed with it if I would have understood the big picture. Yeah. Because that's baseball's long term money. It's, yeah. it's guaranteed contracts. Yeah. <laughs> football, basketball, you hurt. Yeah. So I say all that to say the same thing with poetry. I wish. More and that's why I feel like I'm offering. I'm that buffer to that you know. Hey, this is a cool thing. Mm-hmm. You can do this with it. You can have fun with it. You can journalize this. I don't know if journalize the word. You can yeah. journal this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's healing in this and it's fun in this. It's another escape. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're dealing with whatever, and I want them to, to see see that and have that same excitement as me. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be for a student or a young person in general. But you're not. You don't have to write it to perform it. Right, you don't. It's a self-reflective tool to understand, like, your day, if it's just right. what happened today, or more complex things that you got to work through or laugh about. Right, especially when you write it down. Because, you know, our mind works. It's like a billion miles a minute. Mm-hmm. But you write it down, you get to see, you know what, oh, I do feel this way. Or I got this out now. Mm-hmm. Now, how, like you said, how, how I'm going to deal with this. Now, now I yeah. can see it. Yeah. How I'm going to deal with this. Yeah. I, I can imagine it also helps with... Uh, articulating your emotion or your thoughts right. about something because yeah, when you write it down, you're like, you know, that's not the word. Or and if, but if you're in a poetry mindset of I want to make this uh, illustrative, not just declarative, right. then it's like you have to find the words to express what you're feeling as opposed to just saying uh, I feel blue. Right. You know, I, I, I can imagine that being a very helpful exercise for me. I guess. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I can, sometimes, I, I, sometimes I'm really good at, at uh, not articulating uh, some of those things. So that would be. And it's helpful for me. I mean, on a personal note, I'm one of those people. I, I'm, we get in a conversation. Well, Moody, how do you feel, though? Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but you give me a pen, I can tell you exactly how I feel. Yeah. It's the most hardest thing. I've gotten better as I get older. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I realize I need that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's healing for me. Mm-hmm. You know, what kind of what kind of impact have you seen poetry have on, uh, like, whether it's a student or a participant in some of your events or slams or workshops? What kind of impacts do you see poetry having on the people that you're working with? A very positive one. I will tell you, my three years with Smart Arts. Not even including the people I come in contact with, just touring and mm-hmm. so forth. I've had some young people come to me and tell me that, thank you, you know, I needed that. I want to write now. Mm. I had one young guy, and it's so funny, especially from a person of African descent, uh, as a black male. I had this one young white kid came to me, you know what? 
I want to I want to do what you do. I want to be like you. Mm. And like, wow, that's it's, it's weird. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But but all kids have come to me now. So I appreciate what you're doing. I want to write more. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be a poet. Yeah. You know, uh, my first uh, class, well, my second class I did three years ago uh, was at a was at Whitmont Middle. Okay. And the teacher told me it was this one guy who never says nothing the whole semester, never said nothing the whole semester. And we did uh, different writing exercises. Then we used the auditorium mm-hmm. to do like an open mic situation. We created that open mic for them. And this guy who never said anything, has a speech impediment, read his brilliant poem mm. out loud, didn't care, just, but he was just free. And she said, the teacher said she, she almost cried. Mm. That, that gave her chills. This dude yeah. never says anything. Wow. So reserved. Yeah. But now she started writing because that changed his perspective on things. Yeah. And so those things are like the reward for me. But especially when I, when I travel and I do more personal poems, when I'm performing more versus facilitating a workshop, I've had people come to me like, yo, you said that's my life. Mm-hmm. You know, you said how I can't say it, but you said how I feel. Yeah. You know, I have people come crying, you know, oh, thank you. I needed that. You know. How do you, what's the most basic advice to start writing a poem? I tell people just get your feelings out first. Just get used to writing. Mm-hmm. Get used to just putting your feelings on paper. You know, that's the first step. Then, you know, it, it, like anything, you study it. You want to get better. Even when I found out I want to be serious about doing poetry, yeah. I had to go relearn stuff. I should have been paying attention in school. Mm. You know, so it's, it's a studying factor when you go back and learn the terms, learn how to structure your poem and how, how to add certain poetic devices to spice it up. Yeah. You know, I think those things are very vital in, in becoming a good poet. That's what you want. That's your aim. Right. Now, if your aim is to kind of, I just want to write to get my feelings out. So you journal, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But if you want to be a performance poet, or just even if you just want to write a poetry book and just mm-hmm. read it somewhere, there's still a lot more you need to learn to how to guide and structure your poem. Gotcha. You know, so just, I, I would tell anybody if you want to play basketball, you watch, you study the film, right. watch the tape, you practice. It's the same way. Mm-hmm. Go watch the film. Go on YouTube, watch some poets you like. You know, go to open mics and just listen. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. what would you say the status of poetry is in our community? And whether that means Greenville or South Carolina, however you want to take it. I, th- I would say globally, it's still a baby genre, mm-hmm. you know, as far as performance poetry or people like performing and yeah. slamming and all those things that go with it. Yeah. It's still a baby genre. It's, it's, it's got a lot of attention. It appears in some movies every now and then, mm-hmm. but it, it hasn't reached the level of hip hop or rock and roll or, or pop or turn of music. Mm-hmm. You don't get that respect. You know, because it's, it's not a business. People have poetry CDs. I have CDs. People have poetry CDs and mm-hmm. they have music with it. So it, they turn it into a business, but that's not respected as a high level business or a high genre of music or art because it's still kind of a baby. You know, mm. I mean, poetry has been around forever, but just the, the style of poetry yeah. is it's about 30 years, mm. maybe 35 now. Mm. You know, uh, now you want to go back to like the last poets. You know, those guys in the 60s yeah. and then a lot of the poets from the hippie movement, yeah. you know, it was cool, but it still wasn't categorized as poetry we do now. Gotcha. You know, it, it kind of planted the seed. The last poets, they get the respect as planting this kind of seed mm. is that performance slam right. type poetry. Right. And Gil Scott Heron, mm-hmm. those guys. But it's still a baby considered to everything else. What um, What is needed, in your opinion, for it to 
rise above that. And that's so funny. I, I've 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 had this conversation with several poets and and non-poets, business people, because I think it's the problem. Artists don't like doing business. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the, that's, yeah. and, and we got, we have to get out of that as artists. I know you got to find a balance or have somebody help you with it. Mm-hmm. You know, but you got to approach it as a business. Because you can't get the money you want from business people mm-hmm. if you don't handle your business. Right. You know, it's just yeah. the fact. It's facts. Yeah. You know, you can't just come to a person you want them to invest in you and you just put your art on the table like here. Mm-hmm. Well, tell me about it. No, I just want to paint. Yeah. I just want to do this poem, but no. But what's the business plan? I don't know. But just here, look. You know, <laughs> or listen. Yeah. But that's how. But that's that's how we are. Mm-hmm. We just want you to look and listen and throw money at us. Right. But there's a certain level of business you have to be able to accomplish. You know, especially nowadays with the advancement of technology and social media, you mm-hmm. got to have your, your, everything in place, pretty mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. You know, and art, artists don't want to do poets don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's, it's killing it. So that's why you're able to have hip-hop and rock and roll be taken serious, or alternative music, or even country music. There's people in place to handle your business, whether it's promoting through the social media, marketing, and, and just handling the finances, and all the other stuff that comes with handling business. We don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm still, I'm still learning. You know, I think I'm pretty well, pretty yeah. good. I do well, but there's a lot I still have to learn. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to get people in place to do certain things for me because you got to have that balance. So you know, I'm not gonna ask you what your favorite po- uh, poet is because <laughs> that's never a wise question to ask an artist in a in a field all the time. I, but I get asked it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've got a more uh, interesting question, I think, for okay. me. Uh, for, from a poetry. What's your favorite rhyme scheme? Internal rhyme. I'm more of a free verse writer, uh-huh. but I love every now and then some internal rhyme okay. versus couplets and rhyming you know, right at the end of the sentence or in the line. I like the internal rhyme. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that was a pretty quick answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm a hip-hop head. I'm, I was born and bred off hip-hop, man. Yeah. I still do hip-hop. And one artist, I figured, to me, in my opinion, one of the greatest hip-hop artists ever is Rakim. Mm-hmm. And his rhyme structure has a lot of internal rhyme inside his rhyme. And when I did some research, there was an interview he had. He, he, play, he used to play the saxophone. And one of his... Uh, people he looked up to was John Coltrane. Okay. And he would mesh notes inside a measure. Mm. And that influenced him with his writing. Okay. I thought it was so genius. Yeah. So I, I try to do it every now and then. I have an internal rhyme okay. scheme. Yeah. Okay. Do you find that your love of poetry has led you to like dig into music more or in a different way over over the years even it, it, it has a little bit as far as like so i do hip-hop and help me with my writing i try to have a a, a combined approach yeah. writing a poem and writing a hip-hop song one of my one of my bros my, my good friend milo he's a rapper he's been signed and he does poetry as well and i, I get on him i say man look won't you approach poetry the same way bring your hip-hop swagger mm-hmm. into your, your rhyme i mean your poems and it's helped. It, mm. it has a different flavor. Yeah. You know, it adds a different kind of style to his poetry. Yeah. You know, so I do the opposite. I bring poetry yeah. into yeah. my hip hop, you know. What kind of, this is a very meta question, uh, what kind of impact do you think poetry has on, or can't have, on the average person who isn't a poet? 
when they when they when you know if you're giving us here's an example if you're giving if you're doing slam or you're doing an open mic or you're, you're presenting a poem and you notice that someone is catching it like what what kind of impact do you do you see poetry having on the average person that isn't a poet well it depends where they are in their life what they're going through because i've seen people and my thing is i got to get them there i get i get you there i'm good mm. so i go out and promote and like poetry oh, oh anybody know poetry Either I do a poem in front of them or I invite them to coffee on the ground. And once they see it, mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of people maybe two weeks later come back with a poem. Oh, yeah. I'm, I, I was inspired. I want to share this poem. Or they already had poems, but they didn't know it was a place for them to do it. Mm -hmm. And they'll, mm -hmm. they'll come out the closet. They may bring some old stuff, but they inspired them to write. Yeah. And I've seen that a lot. What do you think the future of poetry is here in our own community of the Greenville upstate area? <laughs> Well, I, I will say it's grown a lot, and I think that with more exposure, more people get into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff popping up, and uh, a lot of people trying to do creative things with poetry. I think once we find um, a niche with it, some kind of creative way to, to make the community feel that they are welcome, because some people are intimidated. Mm -hmm. Once you find a way that make them feel welcome, it'll, it'll really explode, man. Mm -hmm. And I think with the advent of all of this, all the technology that we have today, part of me feels like there's gonna be like poetry. And I had this conversation with Harrison about improv uh, that I don't think it made it to the podcast, but that the more that it's more accessible because it's out there now, people are more inclined, hopefully, to go, oh, I there is an outlet for me. Like they don't necessarily have to come in person at first. They can see that it's happening or know that there's an event on Facebook. Oh, I can go, <coughs> I can go to coffee on the ground and, 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 and listen or try my own, try my own, uh, skills out. Uh, do you, do you think there's a little bit of, there's positive use of there's Yeah. Positivity to I mean, it? with people that's doing what you're doing, the podcast is blog talk radio, which I'm a huge fan of. I know, more learned poets, more seasoned poets, they don't like the the, the blog talk radio open mics. Because mm. a lot of times you get those people who don't want to go out and see people right. and read in front of people, but they'll call in and read a poem. And I love them too. You know, I love to go on the blog talk and chop it up with them. Yeah. And uh, I'm cool with a lot of the hosts, and I'll read a poem, you know, but you have a lot of people who may not be as polished as those who may go to the open mic regularly. Yeah, you know, what I'm saying, but they have an opportunity to do it, and they feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. So I think with the addition of podcasts and blog talk and open mics, you know, you you have more people getting into it. Yeah, you know, I would I, I would agree, and I think the sort of one of the themes that I've gleaned from our conversation is the the power of the spoken poem. Is I mean that's I I feel like sometimes that's what poetry is almost meant as an art form is to be heard. It's meant to be. I mean, you can read it. But the power of it really comes across. I mean, even in English class in high school, people always have to read it out loud. Right. It's, it's you know, <coughs> a person may have written it down at one point, And, yes, that's a reflection of their their emotions in that moment. But when the second it leaves the page is when I think it really hits people the, right. the hardest and the best. Because you're getting the tone of the poem. Then you got to think back. Think back how our ancestors communicated before we were able to write. Mm -hmm. They were griots. They shared stories or they shared a poem in a story form. Mm -hmm. They verbalized it. 
And, you know, then you got everybody gathered around this campfire, and I'm an elder or somebody's spitting this poem. Yeah. You know, that's how I was transferred to everybody. It was just passed down yeah. orally, you know. So, yeah, I think we connect with that. If you think back, the kids are like, wow, are they listening? Yeah. You know, how this person performing this, this piece, you know. So, yeah, it's that connection. Yeah. And, well, I appreciate you being on. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. Y'all can follow me at www.iammoodyblack.com. I Am Moody Black is my handle for everything on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. I don't know what I'm doing on there, but I'm there. <laughs> so, y'all follow me. We hope you enjoyed that interview with Moody Black. Uh, make sure you follow him on social media or go to his website and give him a shout out. Uh, make sure if you want to come by Coffee Underground every Sunday, Sunday evenings, uh, they've got Poetry Slam. And I tell you firsthand, it's an amazing experience. Uh, whether you've written poetry yourself and you want to go perform, I highly recommend trying that. Or if you don't want to, just sit back and, and listen. It's some really powerful stuff. And Moody's just a great guy. And, I, and if you get a chance to say hey to him, go do it. Make sure you like and subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. And until next time, stay creative, South Carolina.